episode of Black and Yellow. Hi, guys. Cinema edition. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so the Oscars have come and they have gone. Bye-bye. No, we are not going to do like a full recap of the Oscars on this episode because I'm sure you've already done it, read it, seen it, heard it. Um, but we are going to zero in mm-hmm. on Hollywood's, shall we say, obsession with racial healing fantasy movies hollywood makes a ton of them they yeah they make him pretty Mm -hmm. they like it to just not just like just go slightly below the surface just bare like let's just dip our toes in the water right and um and and that's not really how race works (laughs) Like, that's not, like, race is not comfortable, race is not pleasant, race is not, like, a dip your toe in and see how you like it, and, ooh, it's too cold. I'll just come back later. Bye-bye. Yeah, that's not really how racism works. Not at all. So allow me to explain. So this year, best movie, Green Book. Best adapted screenplay went to Black Klansman. Spike Lee wrote, directed, and produced the film. Mm -hmm. Black Klansman. And Jordan Peele. Oh, that's right. Yes. Black Klansman was also nominated for Best Picture. Best Picture was taken by Green Book. Mm-hmm. There was reportings of when Julia Roberts said Green Book, uh, Spike Lee got up and stormed to the back of the Dolby Theater, wow. spoke to someone who people are assuming was Jordan Peele, but it was vi- it was very obvious that Spike Lee was angry. He was visibly upset. He eventually went back to his seat in the Dolby, but I... I don't think he was like paying attention and like actively engaged in the yeah. acceptance speeches. Yeah, um, I'm sure. Later on, he commented on the outburst, essentially saying that he likened it to a basketball game where the ref made a bad call. <laughs> Actually, I mean, like, look. Spike Lee loves basketball. He's always courtside at the Knicks game. That makes total sense. I actually really liked that commentary because yeah. it's it's commentary that I understand and it speaks to me. And it's like sportsmanship. You know, he's pretty much just like, he knows he's playing the game, right? right. And he's for not sure. going to like. But also, like, this was a big year for Spike. Yeah, huge. So I understand why he was angry. He's also Spike motherfucking Lee. Absolutely. <laughs> First and foremost, he's Spike motherfucking Lee. <laughs> but also, we've been here before. We were here at the Oscars in yeah. 1989 where, er, er, where, where, I should say, sorry. Driving Miss Daisy took the the award for Best Picture. And Kim Basinger, I believe she was introducing Dead Poet Society. Mm. She went a little bit off script and she mentioned that a very pivotal film, important film about race relations that told a stark and honest truth was missing from the nominations category. And that film was Spike Ooh. Lee's Do the Right Thing. Uh. King Basinger subsequently was banned from the Oscars for 10 years until she received an Oscar. Because when Kim Basinger went off script, uh-huh. who low-key, if you want some tea that the black community loves to talk about when it comes to King Basinger, at this time, Kim Basinger was at the height of her, her fame. Career. Yeah, her career. And having an affair with the one and only Prince. Spike Lee uh, loves Prince. So it was it was an interesting Why way she would pull that. Yeah, it was an interesting person to cash in her cultural and career collateral. 
right. to make a statement like this and stick her neck out on the line for a Spike Lee film that Spike Lee's films, because they're not telling easy, clean, Story. neat truths about race and how it functions, yeah. can rub some people the wrong way. Spike Lee films are not for, for everyone. everyone. But I think... And I also think generally, you know, the Oscar likes to be safe with their choices, especially with the best picture. Yeah, I mean, you know? when like, it comes... Go ahead. Was it the year before where it was La La Land and he... Was it supposed to be La La Land and he did um, that one fantasy by... Um, oh, crap. What was it? I think... Did La La, La, La Land win best picture or did that one fantasy movie... Written by, I'm gonna look it up. But just a quick side note: the director of Green Book is Peter John Farrelly. Farley, yeah, Farley, Farley Brothers. Who the Farley Brothers? Who is best known for *Dumb and Number*? Yeah, *Shallow Hell*. Mm-hmm. Something about Mary. Correct. And the remake of *The Heartbreak Bride*. They're comedy guys. And how the hell did he snub snub an Oscar for the Green Book? Well, okay, so. Generally, when a film about race wins Best Picture at the Oscars, it's generally a film that is told from the perspective of a white person. Mm -hmm. So generally, the racial journey that we follow is from the perspective of this racist white person. Yes. So it's essentially a movie about racism on the terms of white people. Right. Because if Spike Lee were to tell a story about racism... Oh, he's going to tell his story. It's going to be a totally different type of film which arguably maybe the academy doesn't want to reward spike lee for telling his telling such an incendiary film well yeah i mean i think black klansman is bold from the beginning everything about it is bold how 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 can you not how can you tell that story and not be bold agreed if if you just hear the true story of itself of how he was able to join the kkk right as a black man totally it's there instant you don't even have to be like oh but, you know, are we going to tell it like this? Or like, like you know what you're going to get. Yeah. And I mean, Driving Miss Daisy and Green Book have a lot of similarities. It, it What it just feels like, it's like, it's like they're just a couple generations behind. Do you know what I mean? Like it, a modern Driving Miss Daisy. We're still telling the same story. Yeah. Well, that's, like, the, that's and, the crazy right, part. And, well, and that's my problem with Hollywood and network television. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the same. Sitcom, network television. It's the same it's the same network cookie cutter spit it out um, equation. And I think, excuse me, I think it's we're okay. getting better because there is so much content out there. But I do think we yeah. have a long way to go. At least 10 years. A ton, if not more. Yeah. So Driving Miss Daisy, for those of you who don't know, came out, uh, it was awarded the Oscar in 1989. It won Best Picture. It's a movie about Daisy Worthen. It's played by Jessica Tandy, who is an elderly Jewish woman who is fighting to maintain her independence. However, after she crashes her car, her son, played by Dan Aykroyd, arranges for an African-American chauffeur to drive her around town. This person was played by Morgan Freeman. She's a racist. And you have those, those loaded glares and stares and... She's saying terrible things to him. She's not super warm and friendly. And so it sets the scene that she's this awful racist. But as they spend time together and develop a close friendship that lasts years, her racism is somehow cured. She hits a bout of dementia ah. at a certain point in there and, and looks at Morgan Freeman's character and tells him that he's her best friend and things of that nature. But mind you, she's got some dementia. So there's like that little hiccup. Um, 
But the audience is essentially at the end of the movie led to believe that their friendship has transcended racial prejudice and she is cured of racism. That's mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, done. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. N- Over. Yeah. Over and done with. Yes. Ta-da. So Green Book, you kind of get the same story. Mind you, some of the roles have been... Uh, Reversed. Modernized. Reversed. Exactly. Whereas Jessica Tandy, the rich white, the rich Jewish woman, excuse me, I should say, uh, is hired by Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman gets hired by Jessica Tandy. This is the opposite. This is the opposite in Green Book, where the character of Mahershala Ali, his character is in need of a driver as he embarks on a musical tour through the deep south. Mm Mm-hmm. And that person is played by Viggo Mortensen. And the movie follows the friendship between Dr. Don Shirley, who is the world-class African-American pianist, and Tony Lip, who is an Italian-American from the Bronx. He's, He's got a some bouncer. muscle. He's a yeah. bouncer. It's kind of yeah. like a like a like a like a low not like a low class kind of like guy with not a lot of manners, very street, right. you know. And the and, movie does definitely play on differences oh, of all, class. all the it, time, like when they're driving and driving the and eating fried chicken and just like the, the witty lines, you know. Spoiler yeah. alert, guys. Oh, yeah. If you Sorry. haven't seen it, like, we, we might be spoiling some stuff for you. And so, like, they, 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 like, made that very clear. For sure. With dialogue. For sure. Definitely. <laughs> and so the, the movie, again, it focuses on a friendship that they developed while confronting racism in the era of segregation. However, oh, they're driving in the south, too. right? They're driving to the south, 1962, driving yeah. through the south, it, yeah. Um, which is you know, sure, segregated and awful, yeah. Um, and the the movie focuses on Tony Lip's character, played by Viggo Mortensen, it focuses on his journey to be less racist. When, when I saw the film, I thought the more interesting character in the journey to follow was Mahershala Ali's character, same here, was Dr. Don Shirley, yep. That's the more interesting story That's here. That's the story you should be telling. But that's... Or both. I mean... Yes. But if you... But I mean, arguably, if we told the story of Don Shirley, that story might not have been up for an Oscar. Yeah, you have to follow follow one more than the other for sure. Yeah. yeah. And that story is... He did win the Oscar, though. He did for Best Supporting Actor. That is super true. Well, good for Congrats him. to Mahershala Ali. Go get your Oscar and do your thing. Yeah. No disrespect to either of the actors. Not at all. They were amazing. They were great. Oh, I love Vico too. But I couldn't help but feel like this is not a true insight into how race racism functions. No. And how racism is so varied and so complex and right. so layered. And it's not just easily solvable with extended periods of time right. being spent with a person of color. I agree. I think it's it's Hollywood's their their constant need to try to tell a beautiful story that's safe. That's safe and make a beautiful movie with fantastic acting. But when you really think about it and when you put yourself in those shoes that is not true, and yeah. that does not exist. Yeah, as a minority. And so, what's the point of that movie? Absolutely, as a minority, to finish Green Book and go, yes, it was beautifully shot, it was amazingly acted, set was great. I believe I was transported back in time. But I <laughs> right, know, right, right, right. like, when is that going to happen nowadays? Right. 
Like, when are you ever going to be able to hire a white driver? You're just going to take Uber and Lyft. Right. That sort of storytelling (laughs) is a pastime. Right. And they love it. That's what I mean. They're behind. it's, It's just nuts to me that we're still telling this exact same story. And let's be clear. Driving Miss Daisy and Green Book, the only reason that these people even started, quote unquote, friendships in the first place was because employment was on the line. Yeah, you needed that. Someone it needs was a necessary. job. People, you needed, you had a job as a driver. Right. Like an actual driver back then. Morgan Freeman's character in, in Driving Miss Daisy, he needed the income. Right. Tony Lip lost his job because he got too hot-headed and beat someone up. But classic Italian. These movies, it's almost as though we are led on a journey to believe that these black actors are like mental crowbars personified. Right. They're to pry open the tightly closed yeah. mind oh, and then of the racist also, white person. They also added the touch that he was gay. And so I guess that makes it more. They were trying to sort of expand yeah, outwards. Like, let's keep it LGBT safe, but yeah, exactly. And like, I think the problem with what I have the most is that it just feels like they are holding on to a sort of imagined fantasy past mm-hmm. that cannot be relatable to today. So if you take Green Book and yeah. you apply it to what's happening in today's world mm-hmm. with how Trump is being and acting with uh, the state of America, with racism and segregation here in America, mm-hmm. there is no way that you can relate those two unless you are from the 60s in the South in that era, maybe, possibly. But even then, what you went through in the 60s then is 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 different to what you're going to go through now as a, an African-American person or totally. a, white, a white person who maybe possibly drove someone in the 60s. And as much you know? as I would like to say that the, the, t- the narrative of, like, white person hires black person to be their helper, their support, their guide, and they bond a friendship. As much as I would like to say that that narrative doesn't exist in modern day, we had that movie. Remember yeah. The Upside with Kevin Hart and Brian Cranston? Yeah. Brian Cranston's like that wealthy quadriplegic yeah, 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 yeah. author. And, and he takes care of him. Yeah, and like Kevin Hart is an ex-con. Like yeah. that's a modern retelling of essentially this same story. Like, like, I don't know why we're still telling that story. That's I, Yeah, I just, I feel like America and Hollywood is, it's like they want to hold on. And they don't want to move. They don't want to progress. Part yeah. of me really feels, I mean, obviously look who's in charge. But, like, <laughs> it really feels like they do not want, they just don't. And Well, because I think part of progressing means having to accept ugly truths. Listen, Spike Lee is not about to give you a neat, sanitized movie no. about race. But also he never has. And he never will. And everything that Spike Lee stands for is to be bold and humorous sure. in a certain kind of way in his Super way. Super in and your face about blackness. And don't get me wrong, that's not for everyone. I'm sure no. there are people and even black people who watch Spike Lee and are like, nope, I can't do it. It's not for me. Correct. But personally, I see art as a way to tell your stories, to tell your truth, to be bold and to be outrageous. And I think that it's just too, it's too late to play it safe anymore. I no one agree. no one wants that anymore. Yeah. And the people who are 
voting and accepting and all this stuff and are like whatever honoring this and who are um giving the oscars they are outdated for sure yeah and i I think that they're too old is a really good word for it because at the end of green book i felt like okay i watched a movie about race but it wasn't a movie that asked really heavy, interesting, pivotal questions yeah. about race. Right. I mean, you have certain moments of acting that I think are beautiful, but yeah. that really like move you and really touch certain parts of you that are like, oh, fuck, I've been there, right? Right. But as a whole... This you... movie was quick, was very like quick to not offend. Right, right. This movie was super... A plus B equals blah, right. blah, blah. They right. were very conscious to not point fingers. So much so that not someone... Not blame. And not make someone uncomfortable or to feel bad... Right. ...about the, this racist past that America has had. Right. And really, only, the only person that can tell a story like that is a white person who is not affected or bothered or phased by institutional racism. Well, also, too, I think everything was laid out where it was just very clean and very perfect, and I think that's why someone like Peter Farrelly, who's done Dumb and Number, can then do something like this and Well, I mean, awarded. it is a comedy at the end of the day. Like, it, it is right. a comedy, and that's what the Farley brothers do best is comedy. I agree, but for it to be so monumental, quotations to win an Oscar, has a level of, like, status and stature, and then when you go look... I don't know. Maybe I'm being too nitpicky here, but... No, no, I don't think you're being nitpicky at all. It To me, it's like... I'm not trying to doubt their talent or trying to... Like, who am I, right? I don't have an Oscar and I've never directed a film or anything like that. But I have tastes as an artist and I have my own ideas and artist objective. So mm-hmm. here we go. Um, <laughs> to me, it's like the equivalent of someone working on like a sitcom or like having a small role in something and then being able to I don't know there's just something about it that just doesn't feel very like worthy authentic yeah authentic you know yeah and I wonder because I agree with you and I wonder is that Hollywood's fault for producing these movies to me the answer is no I think the bigger problem is that Americans do not want difficult to swallow not feel good race films. I don't think America wants that. Mm-mm. I think that Green Book, again, feel good. Green Book yeah. makes you feel good. How can you feel bad? Right. It's this friendship about, it's an interracial friendship. Yeah, well, and, and they're I coming mean, to each other's aid and they're bonding and we're overcoming something, guys. How can it feel bad? <laughs> it's also a comedy. Like, right. Ooh, but, ah. it, yeah. And with... Go ahead. But also... Cut me off right now, yeah. To, <laughs> that was a good tangent. Go for it. To rebuttal, I think people go to the movies to also feel good. And so if you get enough of a group of people to go and enjoy and feel good and be lightly touched mm-hmm. and feel like they were, you know, there for a good cause and their money went to something good right. and they felt good, <laughs> then then it it served its purpose and it did what it had to do. And those people are not wrong. No, not at all. But I, from, I, guess, I guess the issue that you and I are having with it, it's like... To win the best picture, right, yeah. with today's climate climate, right. and with what, like you said, the temperature that we're in and what's happening. Mm-hmm. And when you have, like, let's say it was Green Book and a bunch of other movies that are also feel-good movies or movies that didn't really push the boundaries. But when you have something up like Green Book and something ne- – Green Book up to something next to, like, Black Klansmen mm-hmm. – the, the comparison between the two become very obvious, 
And yeah. so I think that's what we're feeling of just like, how do you honor something like Green Book when you put Green Book next to Black Klansman? I think it's also worth noting that Green Book was not up for a directorial uh, nomination. And generally, if the, right. if the director gets nominated, so does the picture. Right. And that was not the case this, this time. time. But this, the, I mean, there was no host. It was a lot of, right. tr- I mean, the views of the Oscars have gone off have gone you know like no one watches it anymore like right. not a lot of people if you're not in california at least True. so i mean i think they're t- i don't know what's gonna happen but yeah yeah i just i feel like we've been seeing this narrative over and over and over again we saw it in the help as well and we also kind of saw it in forrest gump yeah do you know what i mean like yeah. forrest gump was allowed to just be this simpleton white man who anytime someone sat next to him on the bus stop he would just start telling them his story yeah and there is something in that that's a little bit white privilege to me oh sit for down sure. and let me tell you about me for and then sure. he befriends bubba gump and through bubba no seriously and through bubba he learns about black people and he learns to get over these mental blocks that he has about them but we don't know anything about right. bubba well, we I mean, nothing. I I don't want to like in terms shoot. of backstory. That means right. I, mean. I I think it's it's a lot of white people telling white stories, which is what we've gotten for you know for a bunch of decades, which is valid and it is what it is. And they were doing what they could because they can and they have the money. Mm-hmm. But I think when you now have black or Asian or women telling certain stories, I think it's time for them to be honored. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely despite, see what you mean. Like, come on. I mean, maybe it's a it's, it ends up becoming a race and political thing, but like, God, just give it to him. God damn it! <laughs> I, I now that I do you know, feel you too. I do. Like, I feel you. I think that he has totally earned it. Yeah. I think this was his year, really, at the big boys' table. I mean, he still won an Oscar, which is great, and he looked great in this purple suit. But like. You know, but it's just... Let me be very clear with you. I didn't think that Black Klansman was going to win Best Picture. I thought that Spike Lee was going to win Best Director. Best Director. But I didn't think that Black Klansman was going to win Best Picture because that is not... That sort of a movie with the the undertones and yeah. the ending being as yeah. relevant as it is, but also Wait, not... who won Best Director? I uh, don't remember. I'm going to look it up right now. It was definitely not Spike Lee. Um... Because it wasn't a movie that gave you the warm fuzzies and the feel goods, it didn't give you a solution to race on a silver platter. Yeah, I think that the Academy was not going to. Oh, Alfonso Cuarón for um, Roma. Okay, wonderful. Um, the Academy was not going to gift Spike Lee with that huge of an honor, and I think that we have to think about what that says about our taste in movies and how we approach the way that we watch movies and what we demand from movies. Yeah, well, I think that's definitely changing. But I think that you're right. There is a contingent of people in the world that just goes to movies to be entertained and to feel good. And to those people, I would say... Green Book nailed it. Right. Green Book absolutely nailed it. And the people that just want to go to the movies and have a good time and feel good, those people are not wrong. No. Where I think Green Book sells a, a dangerous narrative is this idea of you can be cured in less than two hours if you're just nice to a black person if we all just start looking at each other as human oh beings, i see okay so you're we're kind of we're on we're on two different pages here so you are essentially saying 
you're it's not that you're mad that Black Klansman didn't win Best Picture because you didn't think it was obviously going to win. You're you're having issues with Green Book winning Best Picture, yeah, because, because of what it stands for, pushing a false narrative of how do you overcome quote unquote racism, right? And for it to be getting winning an award for mm-hmm. that, it feels um not like wrong. wrong. Well, it feels like it's it feels like we awarded a movie that didn't deserve to be rewarded. No, I thought it was beautiful. I don't. I think that when you were talking about the best picture, uh, I think yeah. somewhere in that nomination, somewhere in that title, there's a feeling of this picture encapsulates what we as an academy stand behind and morals that we represent. Mm, the um... 2018 was The Shape of Water, Guillermo okay. del Toro, yeah. which okay. was also a beautiful movie. Totally beautiful. But, I mean, not a race-related no. film whatsoever. Like, like an, 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 a not... water creature that you fall in love with and have sex with in your bathroom. Right. Which everyone wants that. So. Of course. Why not? Um, yeah, I feel like Green Book is pushing a narrative of you can overcome racism in two hours or less as long as you have a feel-good friendship yeah. at the ready, at your disposal. Yeah. I feel think good friendships don't cure racism. Right. I think it's that the, the theme of... Um, I think it's that still that theme of... of, of um, you know, th- them just playing it safe. Like, for me, I'm curious, like, best picture and best director... And, like, I understand best picture is more of everything, you know, writing, cinematography, mm-hmm. directing. And then best director is is how the movie was directed. But I don't know. I, I think it's – I think I get best picture is more of, like, a team effort. So the entire team is rewarded mm-hmm. versus best director, you only have one person rewarded. Because I know, like, with Get Out – right. Jordan Peele was one best director. Right. But Get Out didn't win best picture even though he was nominated. Totally. And so, I don't know. I, I'm just speaking out loud here. But I, I'm trying to, in my head, to kind of break down the two because it, it feels like maybe they sometimes would rather award one or the other based. I don't know, like, exactly what the criteria are, you know? Nor do I know the clear criteria yeah. either. But... Based on the based on the racial narrative in Green Book, and how it was kind of clean and sanitized, sure. I'm not arguing whether or not it should have been Best Picture or not. Right. I thought it was going to go to Bohemian Rhapsody. I was surprised that it didn't. Um, I've never seen Bohemian Rhapsody, but I just sort of feel like the world loves Queen, and so anything. That's well, yeah. Queen also, it's Rami Ma- I mean, Rami Malek. Like- amazing what he did with that role right and it took him over a year to prep so for sure he like des- I, mean, I he deserves it but yeah totally thought that he had that in the bag green book was a great film but the racial narrative that it pushed i don't agree with i see also from a purely historical standpoint sundown towns and the, the levity and the gravity and the the tragedy and the sadness that existed in sundown towns i don't think was depicted Depicted People had enough. issues with that. They were saying how it wasn't um, I historically I, accurate. Yeah, I remember when I first learned about the Green Book and what a sundown town was and being floored. Yeah. Absolutely floored. Yeah. I had no idea that after sundown, if you were an African-American person in the Jim Crow South, you could not be caught out. It was literally oh life God. and death if you were. Like, the, this, the, 
the levity of what a sundown town was was not that's insane tr- again it's a it's sanitized and it's nice you know what I mean? Yeah, I get no you. one wants to think when when I say no one, read white folks. White folks don't want to be faced with the reality of what America used to be. As an African American person, most of us can tell you about our lineage, about our slave ancestors. Yeah. It's a it's a firm we know who these people are. Yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. abstract. It's not yeah. like, oh, yeah, slavery and, like, some of my ancestors must have been slaves. <laughs> no, we can tell you who ours are. Right. And I think for white people, co- getting concrete with the specifics of who their racist family members used to be mm-hmm. or what white people did to black people and the treatment of them and the, the inhumanities that black people face at the, at the hands of white people, I think that that is a uncomfortable hardship that a lot of white people don't want to face no that's why i think green book was successful yeah because it was just enough yeah right yeah exactly it and was I mean, very quick to not offend also or not too like if we if it's baby steps then it's baby steps but do we have to keep taking baby steps i don't in know 2019 when you've got c- culturally cutting edge and totally honest films by people like spike lee i mean I do the right thing stands the test of time yeah yeah yeah. it's been yeah. out for excuse me it's been out for 30 years yeah. it still stands the mm-hmm. test of time i feel you i feel you 100%. there's still conversation around it i wonder if people are going to be talking about green book in the next five years no way was it that culturally impactful that we still talk about it Mm-mm. Because Do the Right Thing asked huge questions mm-hmm, of mm-hmm, race mm-hmm. and huge questions of humanity. And yeah. I don't feel like those same questions were asked well, in Green Well, that's what I mean. Like, that's why I have certain issues with awards shows like this. Because, mm-hmm. like, I was, te- I think I was telling you this before, that it, it, it ends up not really, really being about the art sometimes, which, depending on certain awards and certain categories. True. But it ends up mostly being political. That's true. And... <laughs> That that is what it is, you know. So it just, I think, like Spike Lee, or if anyone's making a movie that's gonna be as bold and pose certain questions that might not get honored by the Academy, that is a truth that they have to just know in the back of their minds that might happen. And at least his movies out there. Do you know it's what I mean? True. No, like, it's true. And Spike has not strayed from who Spike is as a filmmaker yeah, for the past absolutely. 30 years, which I give Spike Lee a shit ton of credit for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I guess as a Spike Lee fan and as someone that likes honest, interesting cinema. Absolutely. I would like for, I, I hope that Spike would be able to secure an Oscar yeah. for one of the, the big ass boy categories. I agree. Directing, producing, best film. Yep, like, I feel yeah. Because I think that Spike has earned it absolutely and i think that spike tells really cutting edge critical stories that i think a lot of people don't want to hear because it's too real Mm because spike lee hasn't pandered to Mm -mm. an audience that would vote in favor of a certain kind of movie for an oscar spike lee makes movies that validates his experiences and the experiences of black people that are similar to him and real like it's real Yes. Like, there is nothing about a Spike Lee movie that that hasn't happened in real life. Absolutely. Everything about him is real. For sure. You know, hands down. So, or and even in, in certain areas, more extreme because he's telling a story. Yeah. So it's got to be more extreme. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's just it's so obvious that you know uh, the academy still is somewhat um, ancient in their ways of a little bit, little bit. You know, so I don't know. It, it's it's tough. I guess there's also a part of me that kind of feels like there are there's a large contingent of contingency of white people out there that loved shows like The Cosby's. Yeah. And Family Matters. Yeah. And uh, A Different World. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. These sorts of shows where black people are depicted as having overcome. Right. Something. Yeah. They've overcome. They've made it. Yeah. They're living. Yeah. Uh, in a way that white people can understand. Let's just tell stories about families and black people like that. Right. The picture perfect happy yes not problematic totally not grounded in reality for sure because those those people don't make white people that might even be slightly racist right uncomfortable because there is a scene i mean go ahead no you go ahead i was there's there's a scene in green book the bar scene where tony villalongo has to like come and save uh don Don, sorry, thank you. I was saying Dr. Don. Uh, <laughs> that too. From, so from some racist. And yeah. the, the scene is supposed to communicate that Tony is like a lightweight racist. Like he's only like been kind of terse, right. said some messed up shit, didn't right, really right, like right. respect. And yeah, Don, Don in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, these yeah, yeah. guys who are going to like beat Don up, they're right. the real racist. Now he's going to step up. And and lightweight racists wouldn't do that. So if you aren't the kind of racist that wouldn't beat up someone because they're black or Asian or Mexican or gay or whatever, you're not really part of the problem. There's hope for you. Right. One feel-good friendship, or, or, that's the hope. Or you can kind of be slightly racist. Yeah. And I guess get away with it. Or that you'll turn around and yeah, it, it, it is. It is that. But, when, like, going back to what you were saying about the Cosby show and all these things, it's like, you know, ultimately these things are made in the end to sell. True. And Spike Lee can make Black, Klan, black Klansman and sell because he's fucking Spike Lee. It's true. And so people know that they're going to go watch a Spike Lee movie. And people are ready to be moved and are ready to be... Um, pushed and and feel felt and feel uncomfortable and and feel outrageous with what they're saying and doing and and that's who he is and he sells that mm-hmm. and it works yeah and so i think with like the cosby show and with the green book and these sort of like feel good let's kind of talk about it but not really right now at least somehow mm-hmm. has a bigger audience or more is is more genuinely like you said appreciated or taken in because they don't really have to they're not the kinds of people that want to be confronted by that right you know they and want so, to feel good because i don't want to feel bad well yeah it's also too like if you think about these network sitcoms you know you come home after nine to five a job you don't really like you just turn it on so you can check out so you can feel good mm-hmm. you're not gonna come home and watch it get out you know no. like that's not and so it's tough because it's very two very different categories of of i think think as an audience what you go through emotionally and I under, I definitely know that you and I have a, like a strong emotional fortitude yes. and that we're willing to put ourselves as audience members through that emotional roller coaster slash uh, uh, um, 
confrontment slash all kinds of things as people already. Yeah, we're willing to take the journey if it's right. uncomfortable. Let alone artists. And I think we're willing to take a, take the journey most of the time, even right. whenever, wherever, because totally. of who we are and what we've been through. And I think most of America is not like that. Definitely. You know? I also think there is some sort of cinematic entitlement to a certain degree with people that maybe think Green Book was really cutting edge and they really loved it but hated Black Klansmen because I do think that when we're talking about Oscar winning movies that deal with race there's this underlying assumption that hope has to be existent for both parties yeah and Spike Lee's films don't really give you that he's not giving you optimism of overcoming racial prejudice on a silver platter he's not giving you the hope that it's all gonna be okay one right, day right 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 nah he's not giving you that and yeah. I think the academy has a hard time Appre- awarding yeah. appreciating yeah that because yeah, yeah, yeah. for some people again like you said that's not why they go to the movies and for some people they just feel like they shouldn't have to feel bad about the choices of ancestors of their past. Exactly. Let's not give these people names. Let's not even really know who these people are. Right, 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 and right. Let's right. just move on. Yeah. Let's, you know, let's just try to let's just uh let's just pretend like it kinda happened. Yeah. Let's just pretend like if you spend hours with a person of color and you're kind of racist, you will be cured. And I mean, who's going to, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's like, it's their attempt, you know, at yes. trying to tell a story that kind of tells something to the depths of, of what is really true. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And. And I, I again, I go back to with our temperature of today's climate. There's just there's just no room for that, you know. Yeah, I, I, I somewhere along the line we were like, uh, no, we yeah. cannot. Yeah, we got like, PC, and we said we can't be uncomfortable and we can't feel bad. And I think that when you are uncomfortable or feel bad, change really is ripe to occur. Exactly. When I'm feeling awesome and I'm feeling myself. That's when I change the least because I'm like, everything's going great. And I'm yeah. like, I'm feeling myself. Why would I change? Right, right. But I think without discomfort and change, people don't grow. Mm-hmm. You're and absolutely right. And people don't right. know more or aren't spurned on to do better. Yeah. And so I would like to see that change made in the world. Like yeah. the bravery to be uncomfortable. Right. Well, I also think too, Hollywood slash these people who have the money and have the status to make these movies have a huge responsibility because actually what they do make and what they do put out there does change the world. Mm-hmm. And so, again, I don't think they can keep getting away with these movies that really aren't going to change the world. Or can they? The I know, I know. It's my, it's and oh, they, I get it. Do you know that's what I mean? Like magical wishful thinking. Yeah, that's okay, that's it. just my like like they really can't, but they apparently can't. You know, mm-hmm. that that's 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 my feeling. I, I mean, f- I mean personally, I think someone of an Asian, uh, being Asian American, who has absolutely zero what it feels like. Yeah. If you want to get into the statistics, maybe it's 3%, but 0% of a feeling of of our foot in the door in Hollywood. Yeah. Then, okay, maybe 0.5 because of crazy rich agents, but, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a very daunting, like, got a long, 
lots of O's mm-hmm. in that sentence huge to, go. to go. And so, you know, I think this is definitely our observation and our take on how things still haven't really changed mm-hmm. in that sense. Yeah. But that something like Black Klansmen being out, um, you know, it's 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 a great movie. And yeah. I, I think we should all be and they're both good movies. Just I, I think one yeah, has the more message. stark truth and yeah. message than the other. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, you know, you gotta take into the fact the Academy and the Oscars and they're always yeah, you, you know. There's you politics know. involved. Always. For sure, for sure. No, definitely. Well let's 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 close it there. Yeah. I'm all fired up. I know it's you are. It's real hot let's and just, steamy. We'll end it right there. This episode was produced by Christian Humes over at Zeitheist. We are the Black and Yellow Podcast host. You can find us on Instagram at Black and Yellow Podcast, or you can find us individually. I am Alana Webster at Renegade of Fun. I'm Jacqueline Chung Young, and I'm also the same on the gram. <laughs> Follow us on Apple iTunes, Spotify. Spotify. Feel free to rate and review us on Apple iTunes when you're there. Rates and reviews help us to secure sponsorship to Yep, let us know what you think. We'd be more than happy to hear your words and your stories. For sure. Yep. Until next time, one love, stay woke, and we'll talk to you later. Bye, y'all. Bye.